We talking hoops season two. Let's go. What up, though? It's your coach. Who talks hoops the most? It's Coach Cam with the podcast flow. Jump shot is still wet and the podcast goes. Talking hoops all day, worldwide, across the globe, overseas to the league. Big 10 to the GLIAC, AU to high school and any gym that he had. Highlights, offers, who's about to transfer, was coach getting hired? Coach Cam's got the answer, he's that dude. Too cool, so smooth with the hoop news. Every week we talking hoops, this is season two. So buckle up for this ride, it's what you need to do. Cause we talking hoops, yeah. You already know what it is, man. It's the coach, your coach, that knows hoops the most. And I'm back at it with another episode, the season finale, episode 20. I'm trying to get this money edition. That's how we doing it. You know, this week we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. Got to cover the Lakers winning their 17th title in franchise history. We're going to cover some NBA coaching changes. A couple guys got some jobs. A couple names you need to be looking out for. We'll cover the NBA draft a little bit. We're going to talk about college recruiting. And how some guys got offers and their teammates ain't got none. We're going to cover that. Uh, We're going to talk about small ball a little bit because it worked. In my opinion, it worked a little bit. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the Recruit the Mitten platform that I will be releasing here soon. Coming up in the next couple of weeks. But it's your coach. You know what it is, man. Coach Cam, we talking hoops, man. And I got time today. I got time today. So we're going to talk. So I I want you to do this for me. All right. Once you get your your favorite beverage, get get your get your water, get you some chips. You know what I'm saying? Turn me on on your drive home because we gon we gonna talk some hoops today. You know what I'm saying? It's the last one of the season. It's the last one of 2020. You know. So before I get into the actual podcast, I do want to thank you guys for. Uh, listening to 20 episodes of season two. And I think I did 15 episodes of season one. Uh, and I'm, I'm just, I appreciate y'all ain't tired of Coach Cam yet, you know, because I, I'm, I'm itching, man. I'm, I'm back in the game. I'm fluid. You know, uh, th- this podcast kept me going. Uh, it kept me relevant. So I really appreciate the people that actually listen because it's about 35, 40 people that when I, when I let it go, when I release it, people listen to it. You know what I'm saying? They listen all the way through. So I appreciate that. Appreciate you guys tuning in. But let's get back to the, let's get back to talk some hoops man like i said get comfortable because this ride this ride gonna be long it's like a ride to saginaw people used to think that saginaw was three hours like man it's 90 minutes you know what i'm saying throw a podcast you get there but this shit coach man we're gonna start off with the nba finals Start off with the NBA Finals, Lakers versus the Heat. The Lakers uh, won the NBA championship in six games. And I said all along that the Lakers would, would win it uh, when it started. Now, I didn't say before the playoffs started. I, I'm talking about when the season started. When the, when the series started, uh, I pretty much knew the Lakers were going to win. But I did know that Miami wasn't going to just lay down. They weren't going to lay down. They weren't just going to let you just roll over them. A couple games they did just roll over. But Jimmy Butler, he's got the mentality. You're not just about to come in here and you uh, you ain't sweeping me, dog. I ain't never been to the finals. I prepare for this. You're not sweeping me. So I knew the series would be six or seven games, and it was pretty close to it. That game five, man was serious. That game five was serious. The last three minutes of game five was some of the best basketball in the bubble. And it was basically LeBron saying, we about to win this game. And Jimmy Butler saying, no, 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 hold on. We about to win this game. And it comes down to the last possession. You know, everybody talks about, did LeBron make the right play? Uh, Danny Green misses a wide open three. And he made the right play. But LeBron has been doing that his entire career. So I don't know why you mad at LeBron or why he didn't uh, score over four guys. He has done that his entire career is make the right play. Sometimes the right play is taking the last shot. Sometimes it's passing it open to an open teammate. And Danny Green missed it, and he probably will not be getting the bag in the offseason because of it. 
it happens. That's that's what the NBA is. Uh, but that game five was a classic game, man. I, I was on my way to Wisconsin. I turned it on, and I'm going crazy. Like the last three minutes, I'm like, let's go, Jimmy. Let's go, LeBron, because I'm just a basketball fan. I ain't a Laker fan. I ain't a Heat fan. I just love basketball. So that game five was serious, but the Lakers pulled it out in six games. That last game was they basically just said, all right, it's time for us to win the chip tonight. And that's exactly what they did. I don't appreciate Gordon Dragic going out there, though. I thought that was selfish for Miami. I thought it was selfish. If I'm Spolstra, you're not playing. I know you want to play. You're our leading scorer. You're our starting point guard. You haven't played the entire series. This is game six. Like, if we lose, it's over. Like, I can't put you out there. I can't put you out there because now we're playing four and five. And you're, you're hurting our team by being out there. So now I can't play Duncan Robinson in the rotation that he's supposed to play in. Kendrick Nunn had the game of his life before that. And you were starting getting production out of him. I think it, it messed with their chemistry. And I, I think it really hurt them. And when the Lakers saw him on the floor, they smelled blood. And when they smell blood, they went for it. So the finals MVP was a LeBron. He won, I think it's his fourth one. Uh, he gets final MVP. AD was a close second. If it wasn't for game five, he was a little hurt in game five. It had some foul trouble. Uh, plus, LeBron had 40 plus in game five. Like he, he, That game, he submitted the MVP. Win or lose, uh, miss, miss shot by Danny Green, doesn't matter. LeBron is the MVP again. Once again, LeBron gets it done in L.A. Now, we forget about what he did last year. He didn't get it done. He was hurt. They talked about him. He missed about, you know, 30% of the season, missed 24 games, and he didn't make the playoffs. But they got it done this year. And if you pick the Lakers to win it, um, you didn't. You didn't. Let's just be honest. You didn't pick the Lakers to win it until the bubble happened. Now, in the bubble, you, you said the Lakers had a good chance because they got AD, and anything can happen in the bubble. But let's not forget they won the NBA title without uh, their point guard. Avery Bradley didn't even go to the bubble, and they won without him, and it was Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo played like a veteran is supposed to play. He played like uh, a point guard that's won an NBA title before because he's had in Boston. He played like a guy that's going to be looking for a bag in the offseason. Let's just be honest, man. Rajon Rondo is probably going to get a bag. He's looking for a bag, and I would be surprised if he goes back to L.A., but he played well this series, man. He allowed Le- LeBron to be off the ball, even though LeBron was playing a lot of point guard in the bubble. Um, it allowed LeBron to be off the ball, which is where he should be. He shouldn't be a point guard. Can't be playing 37 minutes at the point anymore, even though you know in certain lineups he is the point. Rajon Rondo played very well this series. He, he, he showed his worth. He showed his worth, and when he showed up, they played at a different level, a different, they had different intensity, different intentions when Rajon Rondo was there. And, and that's what happens when you put a freshman guard, not freshman, a veteran, a vet at the point guard spot that's won a title before. You know, he's been there. He's been there. He knows how to get it done, and he, they got it done. So, Shout out to the Lakers uh, for winning their 17th title in franchise history. Ties uh, the Boston Celtics for the most titles in franchise history for the NBA. And, you know, it kind of leads us into my next topic. You know, and I want to talk about big time players in small markets. It kind of leads us to that because L.A. is a big market. And when you have a big market and you've, you've won the NBA championship for, you know, a multiple amount of times in different eras, you know, they won in the 70s, they won in the 80s, they won in the 90s. No, they didn't win. Yeah, they won in the, no, they didn't win in the 90s. I mean, you could, no, they didn't. They didn't win in the 90s. Uh, but the 2000s, they've won. And even now in this era, the 2010s, they've won, the 2020. So, 
Uh, they've been very relevant throughout the history of the game. And that's why free agents want to play in big markets. That's why you want to go to uh, to L.A. and play for the Clippers or go to L.A. and play for the Lakers. And it's also a reason why you don't see big time players like that go to Utah or, or go to New Orleans or go to Milwaukee. So what's the Greek freak going to do? In my opinion, the Greek freak is out of Milwaukee. He's gone. He's done. He might play one more season there, but he's too big of a player for the NBA to leave him in Milwaukee in that small market. Big player, small market. They're getting him out of that small market, just like they got AD out of New Orleans. They got AD up out of there. Rich Paul was like, look, sign with me, and we getting you out of here because there's no way you're going to win an NBA title here. It's never been done before. It's a small market, and you're too big of a player to be down here messing around with these folks. So we're going to get you off to L.A. Somehow, I don't know how we're going to do it, a collection of four or five guys, but we're getting you up out of here. And I think the same thing is going to happen for Giannis. Giannis, can't, he can't stay in Milwaukee. He, ha- he has good intentions. I-, I do understand. I like the Greek freak and his intentions to say, you know what, I'm going to try to win it here. But understand, you're the league MVP. They're not going to let the league MVP stay in Milwaukee. There are going to be some private calls. There are going to be some back-of-the-door deals where uh, they're going to, I'm telling you, he's, he, can't stay, he can't stay in Milwaukee, man. He can't. He can't. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in Miami. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him out west somewhere in Dallas or you see him in L.A. You see him in a big market, Golden State. Uh, just don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if you see him in a big market uh, because the NBA needs that. They need star power in big markets because th- it is what it is. There have been five teams that have won five or more NBA titles in the history of the game. Just five. It's 32 teams. It's only been five. So it's L.A., Boston, Golden State, Chicago, and San Antonio. These cities and these teams are always going to have one or two things. They're always going to have at least one or two elite players and or an elite coach. And if not both at the same time. Okay, so just look at the Bulls. So you say, well, Chicago, that's a pretty big market, but that's because of Michael Jordan. No, not quite. I mean, they've done really well outside of winning the title of, you know, getting back in the swing of things. The whole Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose wins the MVP. If it wasn't for Derrick Rose, he put Chicago back on the map. Now, when I talk about Chicago, don't be surprised in about three or four years, you see AD going down there. Don't be surprised. Because once once LeBron is done, AD is done. And we're going to talk about free agency here in a little bit. But once LeBron is done, AD is done. He's going to Chicago. He's going back to the shot. He, 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 ain't, he ain't for all that. You know what I'm saying? But it's still a big market. So the Greek freak is stuck in this small market. He's got to get out of there, man. So, so what is Devin Booker? guy like Devin Booker, what is he going to do? There are three guys that I think that you, you'll probably either see move in the next, if it's not next season, maybe the year after, whether they're free agents or not. And the three guys are the Greek Freak, Devin Booker, and Bradley Bill. Now, I would not be surprised if she if somehow you see Bradley Bill in L.A. You, you are going to see Bradley Bill. They're getting him out of Washington. I mean, he's making plenty of money, but Bradley Bill is a bucket. I mean, he was averaging 30 a game, close to 30 a game, and he didn't even make the all-star team. 
Like, how you averaging 30 and don't make the all-star team? I mean, something is wrong with that, and I think a portion of that is because the team is so bad. You stuck in Washington. Like, we getting you out of the nation's capital. We going to put you somewhere. We going to team you up with somebody, and we going to give you some love because uh, Bradley Bill needs some love, man. That kid got game, and he's stuck in Washington. Hopefully, John Wall gets healthy and because that's a nice duo, but it's just something about Bradley Bill. And Washington has to change. Uh, Booker, he's out. Of, he's out of Phoenix, and that might happen in the offseason. That might happen at the NBA drafts. You know, you start seeing some movement, and you might see Devin Booker out of Phoenix because he's just too big of a player now. He's too. He's a superstar now. He's a superstar, and Phoenix is not one of those teams. It's not a big market. It's a mid mid to level. A tier team when you talk about market wise Phoenix is they're, they're mid tier they don't really care about basketball Phoenix let's just be honest they don't they don't they've never won an NBA title uh, the best player ever came out of Phoenix was who Charles Barkley like they don't care about they don't care about basketball in Phoenix so they don't really care about Devin Booker and his success and he's got to get out of there so it's just something about those small markets that it doesn't really appeal to the stars. And that's why some of those those teams, they struggle. That's why, you know, Detroit Pistons, they struggle because it's hard for them to get the higher end free agents to want to play in Detroit and live in Detroit. Like, they're not doing that. They would rather live in Miami, live in New York, live in L.A. And even New York, like, it's a big market. But they've been so bad management wise that it's, it's hard to get the free agents there, the big ones, because they'd rather just go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn has done a really good job of being able to bring the stars in and still being relevant. You know, you bring in the Jay-Z, you know, even though Jay-Z is not a, a minority owner anymore, just his influence was enough to put to make people realize like Brooklyn might be the spot. You know what I'm saying? I, I might want to play in Brooklyn. And next year, K. KD and, and Kyrie, boy, I'm telling you, that's going to be a show. That is going to be a show. And they might bring somebody They might bring somebody in, even though they don't need to, because Karis LeVert is enough to be the third star there. Now, what they going to do with Spencer Dinwiddie? Uh, one of them got to go. Either Karis or uh, Spencer, one of them got to go. Uh, but, you know, that's what it is, man. The smaller markets, they got to do something to be able to get the stars. NBA coaches, man, we had some some uh, vacancies get filled and we had some people move on to other situations. So we're going to talk about the Doc, Doc, Glenn Doc Rivers. He signs off. Uh, he gets fired from the Clippers. And that was, you know, I can see why they did it, even though it wasn't his fault. It was not his fault for the Clippers. And, and, let's, and, while, I'm, and while I'm here, I want to give some coaches their due because media and people around, they don't give enough due to coaches when the blame really should be on the players. You really should be cussing Paul George out. I don't know what he was on that Denver series. He must have been on some ooh-wee. I don't know what he was doing down in the bubble, but he, he wasn't right. He wasn't right. And even that last game, it was like, dude, you, you, you're supposed to be a superstar and you out here playing. Playing like a dud. So you need to be talking to Kawhi and Paul and don't be blaming Glenn. Don't be blaming Doc Rivers. Don't be blaming him. But it's time to give coaches like Doc Rivers some due. 
Give him some credit for what he did for the Clippers. The Clippers used to be the trash of the NBA. The Clippers used to be the worst team in the National Basketball Association. Nobody wanted to play for the Clippers. If you went to the Clippers, that was a career ender for you. You weren't playing for another franchise. They were the worst franchise. One of the worst franchises in sports was the Clippers. And now Glenn Rivers, Doc Rivers gets there and now he turns the whole thing around. Now they're starting to, to win in the playoffs and getting high level players and making Chris Paul into a superstar. Now you see it, and we start. We talked about super big time players in small markets. Chris Paul gets out of New Orleans, gets to LA, and now he's considered one of the best point guards in the game. You know, now I'm not a huge CP3 fan because he didn't win. He had the table stack for him. He didn't get it done. So. Miss me with the with the Chris Paul stuff. Chris Paul is a great point guard, but I just don't. He just for me, he's just not. This is something missing. Only because he ain't won it, and we're gonna talk about that another season because it's season two. We ended it off, but. Doc Rivers for the Clippers, man, he turned the whole franchise around. Turned the whole franchise around, and look how you reward the guy. He has one bad series in the Western Conference semifinals, and he is fired. One bad series. Even though he turned the whole franchise around, one bad series still gets fired. So he goes to Philly, and I'm eager to see what he does in Philly. Uh, Is Ben Simmons still going to be there? Is Joel Embiid still going to be there? Somebody's got to go. That roster is depleted. Like, that process has failed. You know, Embiid used to be like, oh, yeah, we trust the pro." They tanked for three or four years to have that roster? Like, that ain't good. So that's the reason why some of them GMs stepped down, a couple coaches stepped down, and hopefully – Doc Rivers can go in there and clean it up, but Ben Simmons or Embiid got to go. That that package, that one-two is not a duo. We we saw it this year. It was it was not conducive. You got two guys that's just, that's taking up a lot of space that aren't very good shooters. Like Embiid can shoot a little bit, but he's not a primary three. And and Ben Simmons doesn't want to shoot a three at all. So now you just got two guys just clogging up the lane, and can't nobody get to the rim. And now you just you you got. You got nothing, no other shooters. Your best shooter, Tobias Harris. Like, come on, man. So something's got to happen in Philly. Uh, you've been hearing some things that they might trade Ben Simmons to uh, Minnesota for the number one pick. Maybe that might happen. Uh, but I, w- I, would, I would like to see what Doc is going to do with that roster. I'm going to tell you right now, it will not look the same. Some people will be moving. And if it's me, Embiid and Simmons got to go. I'm going I'm to get whatever I can for, for Big Embiid because he's, he's, he's injury prone and he's just too big for how the game is played right now, in my opinion. Um, and Ben Simmons is he's still young, so you can still get a lot for him. But it's just it's not working out in Philly and he's probably going to be somewhere else. So I'm, I'm looking to see what Doc is going to do in Philly. And I like what he said when he got the job. He said, hey, listen, don't call me the doc. It's only one doc in Philly. You know what I'm saying? I respect stuff like that. You know, I respect that. You know, you know, Doc Rivers need more credit, man. He never will be a big X and O guy. But guess what he can do? You give him some players. He can win a title. He shows you in Boston. He was able to whatever Rondo and Ray Allen and KG and them guys was going through. He figured it out and got it done. Now, he was supposed to get it done like that with Kawhi and Paul George, but you only gave him a year. So if you gave him a one or two, three years, he was going to figure it out. And it might have been next year if he was still the coach. But get that man some more credit. Uh, Like I said, like what he said about it's only one doc in Philly. Call me Glenn. Had an opportunity on Netflix. I don't know if you guys watch Netflix. They got this coaching box thing. Um, episodes where they're they're highlighting coaches and their uh, journey through basketball. And one of the episodes was uh, 
uh, Doc Rivers. Oh, man, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. He had a really good episode. And Dawn Staley. Dawn Staley had another very, very, very good episode. Head coach at South Carolina getting it done in the SEC. So uh, if you get a chance to, this ain't a plug. I don't. I ain't got no, they ain't give me no money. But go check that out. Other coaches that are that have landed somewhere, Talu, man. Talu gets the job for the Clippers. So you see Talu, who, who was the assistant. Now they get rid of Doc and then they hire assistants. So I know that looks fishy, but it's not. It's not fishy. It ain't. You know what I'm saying? Because he's the most qualified person for that job. He's won an NBA championship. He played in the NBA. He spent time in his assistant. Like he he got his he got his just due. Like he he been through the ringer a little bit. Like he should be able to be an NBA head coach again. And it's those coaches that coach with LeBron. Another another coach that don't get no credit. Tyloo. Tyloo gets it done in Cleveland, uh, twenty sixteen, and people just brush that off like ah, uh, that's just LeBron's boy. Like no, like to win the title, you have to win sixteen games in the playoffs first of all. And by the time you've won those sixteen games, you've played a hundred. So I don't care what coach you are, if you've coached a hundred games, you have have to have done something. That wasn't all LeBron. Get that man some credit. You know what I'm saying? His resume is valid. Very valid. So get that man some credit. It wasn't all LeBron. So guys like him and Mike Brown and Eric Spolcher, you think these coaches just win these NBA titles because they got LeBron? That is not the case. You know, and the same thing with Steve Kerr. I mean, you know, he got three of the best players in the game. You know, these coaches, they do something. They're not just standstill. And particularly, you know, Tyron Lue, particularly him and Mark Jackson. Man, get, start giving Mark Jackson his flowers, man, for what he did in Golden State before Steve, before Steve Kerr got there. Mark Jackson had Golden State ready to win it. He had Steph Curry ready for superstardom. And then they shipped him out of there and they bring in Steve Kerr and then the rest is history. But you need to start giving guys like Tyron Lue their juke, their dupe. He brings Chauncey Billups with them. So now they can't say Chauncey ain't got coaching on his resume, right? Because he ain't Steve Nash. Apparently, Chauncey Billups ain't Steve Nash. He can't just get a coaching job because he's cool with KD, right? He Chauncey just can't get the head job because he's cool with Kawhi and he's cool with PG. Like, no, he can't do that. So a guy like Chauncey Billups Got to add some coaching experience to his resume. So I like to see Tyron Lou bring on Billups, and that's gonna be that's gonna be nice to see what they do with those guys. I would I would expect that either Patrick Beverly has a huge difference game next season, or they bring in a different point guard. They bring in a different point guard to lead that team, or like you said, Pat Bev gets. Very much better because that's what they're missing. They missing that point guard that can that can set it up and get players to what they need. They 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 need that point guard, and it, it, either it's gonna be Pat Bev or they gonna bring in somebody else to get it done. And trust me, Chauncey is great in that role. I think he's gonna do great in L.A. I'm looking forward to see what happens there. Uh. Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan Chicago is a sneaky hire because Billy Donovan is another coach that don't get a whole lot of credit for what he did in OKC. You think it's just KD and Russ. And it's like, my man, he went to the playoffs every year. He went to the finals his first year as the coach and he never missed the playoffs. Like some of that is coaching. Now at the tail end of it is, all right, we're going to go in a separate direction because we got all this young talent and we don't quite don't know what we're going to do with it. So we're going to go in a different direction. But even still, the OKC Thunder they played well in the bubble. They were able to make the playoffs, and they made some noise. So, I mean, they got Shy Gill, Alexander. There's some pieces on that roster that, I mean, they gave Houston problems. 
They really did. I mean, Houston was lucky that uh, my man don't go to the rim and he shoots the three. James Harden blocks it. But he lucky he don't attack the rim on that. But OKC got some got some pieces. So I wonder who gets the OKC job. One who gets that job because these jobs that are opening in, these are opportunities. These are teams that actually got players who can play like these aren't bad teams. So traditionally, when coaches get fired and you start moving on, like you see, the teams are really bad. But these are good teams. So Indiana needs a new coach because they get rid of Nate McMillan and he gets a raw deal because his superstar been hurt for a year and a half. And he still makes the playoffs. So it's like, what do you expect the guy to do? I would like to see Nate McMillan get the OKC job. I would like to see what he does down there because I think he's a really good coach with young players. And that's a young roster. I think he can get a lot out of those guys. Uh, Billy Donovan in Chicago, like I said, we're talking about Billy Donovan. Uh, like I said, doesn't get a whole lot of credit in OKC. Uh, Karis LeVert, Kobe White. This is a roster. Daddy is young. This is a roster of some young guys that with the right coaching, with the right pieces in place, I think they could be really good. I think they could be good in the East. Now, they're going to have to add a bigger piece um, in free agency, and that bench got to go. That bench that they have in Chicago is atrocious. Oh, my God, it's bad. But they got some players that either they can get some capital for, either they can trade up for some draft picks, because uh, I think they do have a top 10 pick in the draft this year. Uh, but Billy Donovan Chicago is a sneaky hire. It's a sneaky hire. I like it just as much as I like to tie Ron Lou hire to the Clippers. So uh, here's a question for you, though. Since we're talking about coaching and job openings in the NBA, don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but I want to ask you a question. You, the guy that's listening, you, or the girl, or you. I'm talking to you. Yeah, I am. Um, does the NBA have the balls to hire Becky Herman? Do they do they do it? Because she's very qualified. Becky Hammond, the assistant in San Antonio, is extremely qualified to be a head coach in the NBA. Yes, I said it. But they do it in women's sports all the time. In the WNBA, look at Derek Fisher. He's the head coach for the Sparks. You got plenty of head coaches in the WNBA. You got plenty of head coaches in women's basketball. Why can't a woman be the head coach in the NBA? I think it could happen. I think it should happen because it will empower women in basketball more. You start to see a lot more women on TV. Start to see a lot more women that are referees. You start to see women in the NFL, right? Why not the NBA? Why not Becky Hammond? Because she's really good. And here's how I know Becky Hammond is good. When she was coaching the Spurs in their summer league team, and she called a timeout, them guys was all ears. They was in, like, okay, what we running? And then when they come out of timeout and you see them executing some stuff, she was running some stuff with those players. I was paying attention. I really was. I really was. Because you can't tell me in his 70s that Greg Popovich is doing everything in San Antonio. He's somewhere chilling. He's on the beach right now. Like, man, I can't stand Trump, but I'm going to drink my uh, pina colada and I'm chilling. All right, Greg Popovich is chilling somewhere and his staff is putting in that work. And Becky Hammond, I'm telling you, she's been picking his brain for two or three years now. She's been, she been in, in the huddles. You see her now. She's loud. She's vocal. Listen, I would hire Becky Hammond in the NBA. And ain't nobody talking about that. Now, you want to make headlines? You want to make a splash higher? You want to do something different? See, I'm progressive, right? I'm not the guy that's still running flex. I'm not the coach that's still doing a three-man weave. I'm progressive because the game has changed. You talk about small ball, and we're going to touch small ball here in a minute. You talk about small ball, but at the end of the day, they did it in the finals. 
Miami Heat go small to beat Boston Celtics to get to the finals. Right. So I'm progressive because the game changes. So if the game is going to change, we can't do the same old stuff. We can't hire the same old coaches. I'm tired of the coaching carousel being the same guys. Mix it up a little bit. Hire Becky Hammond. Hire her. Do it. Do it because it will work. It will work because she knows how to coach. And some of these guys, I mean, what's the difference between her and a guy that ain't never played in NBA or never played in high school or never played in college? What's the difference? It really ain't. Eric Spolcher is a very good coach. He never played in the NBA or college or, or none of that. He was a video coordinator. He grinded his way through it and got and got there. So why not Becky Hammond? I'm telling you right now, I'm hiring Becky Hammond to be a head coach in the NBA. I am, if I'm a GM, because it's a splash hire. It's a splash hire, and I think she'll do a good job, too, because she's going to hire the right staff, get some younger guys in there. Hey, give me a call. If Becky Hammond, anybody know Becky, you know Becky, tell her, hey, Coach Cam, he'll, he'll be on staff. He'll, he'll help. He'll help. Fly him in, <laughs> especially if you need some, some shooters. I know you do. Um, so, yeah, man, if that, that's the question that I think, does the NBA have the balls to hire Becky Hammond, and if it was up to me, I would do it. So let's talk about the NBA draft. That's going to be coming up. Not going to do a whole huge deep dive on the draft. I'll be honest with you. Just going to talk about my flame five things to think about when the draft comes up. Because, you know, you got these analysts and now they're coming out with lists and rankings and uh, scouting and comparisons and all that. Which is cool. Um, it's just not my lane. It's not my lane. And I'm just going to give you a couple things to be looking for at the NBA draft or during the NBA draft before, before it happens. Because it's going to be happening here pretty soon. So the first thing I'm going to talk about, and I've talked about this before, LaMelo Ball, man. LaMelo Ball's number one pick. How many times I got to say it? I've been saying it for a year. He's been working out here in Detroit with Jermaine Jackson. He looks good, man. He looks number one draft pick ready. He does. And stop getting mad at dad. Dad got two kids in the league. That <laughs> You wish... You wish you had two kids that went lottery. You wish to make millions. You wish. Stop getting mad at LeVar. He did a great job. <laughs> he did a great job. His kids are great basketball players. They are. Uh, and LaMelo Ball, he should be the number one pick. Now, will he go to Minnesota? Will, will, that, will Minnesota pick him and then take him and then trade him for somebody else to Philly or to Phoenix? Or you're going to see a lot of movement with the draft, in my opinion. Because free agency isn't really big this summer. You don't have big free agents. Right. Like Dwight Howard going to Golden State. That's not a big free agent move. That's just a oh, OK, that's cute. So if you don't have a whole lot of big free agents, that means people are going to be trying to change their roster either through the draft or trading up to get somebody or moving pieces and moving players for picks. And. You're going to see that a lot in this draft. So I want I want to say LaMelo goes to Minnesota, but they could easily, you know, take that pick and trade it somewhere. They could easily do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do. So that's my first thing. OB Toppin is on the rise. He's on the rise. The, the big from Dayton. My brother loves him. I like his game. Then watch some film on him. And I think he's a top three pick in this draft. I think he's a top three pick. Uh, I don't think he goes to Golden State or Minnesota, which which is pretty much why I say he's top three. Um, but he's he's a stud, man. He's a stud. And with the success of Bam out of Bayou, Bayou, uh, Big Bam in Miami, I think Obi Toppin can have that same kind of impact for an NBA team next year. Well, maybe not next year. And maybe it take him a year to figure it out. But in year two, I think he has the kind of impact that, uh, that uh, Bam has for Miami. So he's that kind of player, especially athletically, because he can, he can fly with the best of them. Um, his jump shot has some range to it. He'll be able to make an NBA three. Not a whole lot 
lot of them. He'll be, is he going to shoot 40%? I'm not sure, uh, but he can make an NBA three and he's athletic and he can guard and he can get up and down the floor. I like Obi. I like Obi. I like Obi. Top three pick. Number three, Anthony Edwards can be the number one pick. He could be the number two pick. He could be the number three pick, but he ain't falling past four. So I'm going to say it like this. If Anthony Edwards is available at seven and the Pistons don't pick him, I'm going to choke somebody. I'm going to throw something at my laptop or my TV. If Anthony Edwards is available at seven and the Detroit Pistons don't pick him, but He's not going to be available at seven. So I'm just dreaming. I wish he was because he's the D-Wade of this draft. He's the D-Wade of this draft. Somebody that's going to have a very long career, big, strong guard. He can shoot it, athletic, get to the rim. He's going to have a very long career, and he's going to have a very effective career, too, in the NBA, particularly if he goes to the right franchise. I think he's going to go to Golden State uh, because they need another big wing uh, to go along with Clay, uh, just to see how he's going to be off a knee injury. And you got Steph. Uh, you got another big body guard that can really get it done because uh, Wiggins, I don't know what they're going to do with Wiggins and their bench is just completely trash. So they need to draft somebody that can come in and play right away and Anthony Edwards can come in and play right away. So uh, he's going to have the Mitchell impact. If he goes to the right uh, team, he'll have the D Mitchell impact that Utah got with D Mitchell when they, when they drafted him because boom, now all of a sudden they relevant again. And the same thing could happen to Anthony Edwards. James Wiseman is on the fall declining. I think, I think this is just me. This is why I didn't want to do a huge deep dive on the draft. I think a guy like James Wiseman is on a decline because you're looking at the game. The game is smaller. Now bigs are, you got to be able to space the floor, put the ball on the floor, uh, make a three. And these are things James Wiseman cannot do at the moment. Now he's probably been in the lab with some China trainer somewhere. Hopefully, Hopefully they've been putting the ball on the floor, doing some DHOs, doing some picking and popping, because if not, you just got a seven foot two guy standing in the middle of the paint and now your guards can't get to the rim. Right. Five years ago, a guy like James Wiseman, no question. Number one pick, not even no question who no matter who got the pick, he's going number one. But this ain't five years ago, guys. It's not. The Lakers, just look at the Lakers. You want to know how the Lakers really made the adjustment to win the series? They stopped playing. All them bigs. And they started playing more guards and mobile forwards. That's how they won. They won with AD at the five, not AD at the four. Let's be clear. They did not win with AD and Dwight Howard on the floor at the same time. One of y'all got to sit down, man. We don't need both of y'all out there. So now I got y'all three and LeBron. He's trying to get a layup. Like, no, nah, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. So that's James Wiseman. Like the game has changed. So depending on the situation, you know, go to state, they need a big, he might go as high as two. I think he might fall in his draft. I think that the way to go in this draft is you get a high level guard or somebody that has some high level skills. And if you got to pick outside of seven, good luck outside of six. Good luck. Just take the best available player and roll with it, man. So, uh, yeah, so that's James Wives. So that's so my, that's my number four. My number five, man, Cash is Winston. Cassius Winston, point guard, Michigan State. Hey, here's what's going to happen with Cassius, right? You guys recording this, right? You, you, you listening? Cassius Winston will go first round. Cassius Winston will not be a lottery pick. He's not going to go in the 20s. He's going to go late 20s. He's going to go very, very late in, this, in the first round. But he's going to get guaranteed money. And he's going to go to a team like, I don't know, maybe L.A., Toronto, San Antonio, well, not San Antonio, um, Boston, 
you know, a really, really, really good team like the Lakers, Miami, like a really good team. Because look at Miami, Miami, their point guard goes down. And now who's the point now? Who runs the point for Miami when when Dragic went down? Who ran it? Tyler Hero? He ain't a point guard. He ain't a point guard. Duncan Robinson? Butler at the point? So it's obvious Miami Heat. Need a point guard. Now, I don't know where they're picking the draft. I'm just saying Cassius Winston will go late in this draft, and he will have a heavy impact on the NBA team. He's going to be like Monte Morris. Monte Morris, if you would have asked me five years ago, would Monte Morris still be in the NBA? And I, I might have told you no, uh, because he's not very athletic. Uh, he shoots it good. Does, he doesn't shoot it well enough to be an NBA three, knockdown three guy. But he's found his niche, and his niche is he don't turn the ball over. And Cassius, his passing skills are phenomenal. He'll be a great pack up point guard great backup point guard he's gonna be a guy like Howard Isley you know it's from Detroit played at Southwestern and it's gonna end up playing for a few franchises playing for really good teams and you look up and he didn't play 14 years in the NBA because he got with the right franchise you know Draymond Green was lucky he got drafted late in the first round he was lucky because Golden State picked him because they had a pick in the first round that was late same thing is gonna happen with Cassius Winston he's gonna get drafted late in this draft uh, late in the first round and you're gonna see him stick in the NBA. You'll be like, damn, I ain't know Cassius could, you know, stay in the NBA. And it's going to happen because he's going to get picked late in the first round, which guarantees at least three years. And in three years, a lot can happen. And you get him with a guy like Phil Handy in Brooklyn. Say Brooklyn got a late pick. You get him with Phil Handy, then you put him in the lab. Oh, buddy. So watch that. Uh, Cassius Winston getting drafted late in the first round. So, so yeah, man, that's it. That's that's my NBA take uh, for this final finale season finale uh, episode twenty. Trying to get this money. It's your coach that knows hoops the most, and we gonna keep this ball rolling, man. You already know how we do. It's your coach, man, and I'm back, back with another segment, man. You know I gotta talk about different levels of basketball. I don't just talk about the NBA. I don't just talk about college and high school and AAU. I talk about it all, man. And I told you I got time today. I hope you're. Really Relax and you chilling. It's Friday. Oh man, I wish it was sunny outside. It's, it's a nice day outside, even though it's cold. It's in Michigan, man. It's so cold in the day. But now we're gonna talk about some college basketball. And we had some news this week that came out. You had a transfer rule change that came out that affected people, and you had seniors getting an addition on the year. So here's what happened in college basketball this week. The committee is, I think it's a 12-person committee, the D1 committee, decided that seniors get an extra year. So if you are a senior playing college basketball this year, you can play as a senior this year and you get an additional year next year. So you can play the 2021-22 season um, because of COVID. And that's huge. That's huge. And it's also very disappointing for the class of 2021 high school kids. Because if, if you haven't already committed somewhere, you might see some schools pull some offers. You might see some schools say, I know um, we were going to offer you and you committed here, but our senior who gets an extra year is now coming back. And now either you're going to be sitting around for a year or we just don't have the scholarship available for you. So you got that. So you got the, that along with the transfer rule. And they're also on top of seniors getting the extra year. Right. In Division one, Division two, they have not accepted this division two because they did. Man, that would be crazy. So the the division one committee is saying seniors get an extra year. They're also saying that you can transfer one time without penalty. So that means that no matter where you are, I don't have to sit, don't need a waiver. I can transfer without penalty. 
Do I think you're going to have more transfers in college basketball? No. You're going to have the same amount of transfers because it's crazy. It's a, you always going to have a bunch of transfers. It's, it's just that's the way the game is now. It's hard to get guys to stay somewhere for three, four years. I mean, these same guys play on multiple AAU teams. They go to multiple high schools. They go to prep schools. Like, it's just that's just how these kids are now. They're not just going to go to one school. So, the problem, the chances of some, a lot of these guys transferring are high. Do I think it's going to be more than normal? No, it's going to be the same amount of kids. It's just that now they don't have to sit; they can be available. So it's going to try to change the makeup of like mid majors, low majors. Some of their best players might be on the move. Their best players just might be on the move. So if I'm an all Mac guy, if I'm an all, um, if I'm at an HBCU and I average 20 points a game and I, w- I want to go somewhere and play right away, it can happen. And uh, it's going to be very detrimental to the class of 2021. So here's the, here's the question somebody asked me the other day. What should uh, a kid do? You're in the class of 2021. What should a recruit do that does not have an offer? If you do not have an offer in the class of 2021, here's what you need to do. You need to consider junior college, whether you're a qualifier or not. You need to consider junior college. You need to consider prep school for a year. You might need to even consider just sitting out for a year and just trying to figure it out after all this boils down. I mean, honestly, you don't know what's going to happen with COVID. Uh, it's very serious. Cases are, are improving, not improving, but are going up. Uh, so you don't know what's going to happen. So preps, this might be the year to go to prep school. Whether you, you, you know about prep school or not, whether it's an option for you or not, this might be the year to go because you don't lose eligibility. If you go to JUCO, you're going to lose eligibility. Now, if you're a qualifier and you go to JUCO, you can only go there for you could go there for one year. So I'm, I'm saying if you're a qualifier in high school and now to 2021, you don't need the ACT score. You just need a 2.3. So if you have a 2.3 and you graduated high school, you can go to junior college for a year as a qualifier and then go to a four year school. So that might be an option for you. Um, but if you think you're going to get an offer. Anytime soon from any one of these schools who have not already offered or showed interest, that's going to be extremely hard to do because the NCAA portal was popping. Now, it's popping. Guys can transfer and be eligible. Oh, man, it's probably guys going all over the place. And the class of 2020 is looking like, man, I didn't get a spring to get recruited. I barely got a summer to get recruited. And then on top of that, you tell the seniors who the scholarships I was going to come in and get. Because when you're recruiting in college, you got to you got to you board. You know, I've talked about the recruiting board before. You got the recruiting board. And then, OK, I got four seniors. That means I got three available scholarships. So I could either give it to a redshirt freshman or I can give it to a high school senior or a JUCO kid. And a lot of those opportunities are going to go to the transfers first because these coaches want ready-made players. They ain't developing nobody no more. They want you to be able to play right away. And that means they need an older player. That means they're going to go JUCO and they're going to go transfer well before they go high school. So if you're in the class of 2021, I'm going to need you to get back in the lab. If you weren't in the lab in the pandemic, I'm going to need you to get in the lab and I'm going to need you to really be focused on Improving your game so when that one school, because it might only be one school that sees you this season, when that one school, that one coach that that listens to my podcast or goes to recruit the mitten or mittenrecruits.com and they see your story and they come to your game, it might only be one coach. And you got to be ready for that opportunity for that coach to offer you because you're not going to be in a situation where you're going to have a bunch of coaches in the gym looking at high school kids. It's not going to happen for this class. So that means you're going to have to get it. So if you got four schools that's really recruiting you right now, you really need to do your research. 
If you got four offers, I don't care where those offers are from. I don't care if they're D3, NAIA, Division II, if they're scholarship offers. So if they're if, if it's an NAIA, if it's a D2 or D1, you need to entertain those schools and find out the interests of whether you can commit or not, because those opportunities might not be there. And you need to get on that fast. So you need to schedule some virtual meetings. You need to schedule a virtual visit. Uh, get on campus if you can, because with this transfer rule and seniors getting an extra year, it's directly damaging to the class of 2021. But it's not the end of the world. You just got to be prepared for that one school and that one moment, because it, it literally is going to be like that. It literally might just be your your best game on the schedule might be at the Motor City Round Ball and you're playing Oak Park, who's got a really great coaching staff on the best coaching staffs in the state. I'm not even going to tell you who got the Oak Park job. Hint, hint, wink, wink. But you might have to be ready for that one game, for that one coach to say, you know what, I want to check him out and get this game. I'm going to check him out. And that might be your opportunity to get your offer. But other than that, whatever schools are recruiting you right now, those are the schools that you need to be entertaining. And if you're not, if you don't have recruiting right now, if schools aren't calling you, if they're not emailing you, if they're not texting you, and ain't nobody hitting your line, get in the lab, period. Period. If you're a basketball player, if you're in a class of 2021 and you got one offer, you got no offers, you got no coaches hitting you up, you get in the lab. That's all I'm going to tell you. Get in the lab. Work on your game, man, because if you, if you didn't already do it in the pandemic, it, it, it really showed. It really showed. And it's time for you to get in your lab and work on your game because you might only get one opportunity to impress a coach. And these college coaches are brutal, man. They'll see you one time and cross you off forever. And I'm like, man, a guy don't get a second chance? Like, you, doing, you wouldn't want to go watch him again? Like, a lot of times, it's, it's hard for a college coach to come see you one time. Like, man, I'm not going to see that guy, man. I saw him in the summer, man, and he, he shot four air balls. Like, they'll write you off in a minute. So you need to be prepared for the opportunity when it comes. Here's another thing I wanted to offer. So I saw something very crazy this week. So last weekend, I worked a, an exposure camp in Wisconsin, one of the best camps I've ever been to. Uh, it was hosted by NY2LA, their futures camp. It's one of the best camps I've ever been to, partly because they didn't let the parents in. So it was just basketball. Good coaches, basketball all day, high-level recruits. You had some high-major players in the building, and... It was a really good event. I appreciate the parents not being there. Now, I love parents. I love parents, but it's, some of y'all daddies need to leave the camera at home. And, and some of y'all need to let your boy be coached by somebody else other than you, right? They 17, 18 now. Get out the way. I'm going to tell I'm going to talk to some of you parents. Some of you parents are hurting your kids recruiting. Get out the way. Just get out the way. And at this event, it was no parents there. So you had nobody in the stands like, hey, man, why my son ain't in the game? Why he playing? He ain't playing as much as such and such. He need to pass the ball. Number 47 need to pass my son. They ain't had none of that. You was just hooping. And I appreciated that. Right. But here's one thing that I saw at the event that was so crazy to me. Right. So I'm watching this kid go nuts. Like he's giving everybody 30, 40, 38, 37. I mean, he gave my team like 35. I'm like, this dude right here got game. And then I go to his social media. And he got offers from everybody, but he don't have that offer. Like he don't have the Kentucky offer like that offer. So I'm just looking. I'm like, oh, OK, he's a good player. It's obviously, he's a good player. And he has offers from a lot of Division One schools. He's got like 20 offers, which is cool. Um, 
And then I'm, I'm doing my digging, doing some research. I'm like, oh, let me see what high school he goes to. And this guy's at the event that go to his high school. They 6'8", six, 6'7". Six, and I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm a college coach in the GLIAC. I'm definitely recruiting these kids. Like, without question, I'm recruiting these kids. Let me check their social media and see if they got any offers. And there's nothing there. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, hold on. Like, how is it that they have a, a, a teammate on their team that's such a high-level player that he got offers from everybody? But his teammates don't have no offers. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, it's obvious these coaches either they went to the games and they saw this kid play to get these offers or they just offered because somebody else offered. And here's how I know how that happens. So just a couple days ago, he gets a Kentucky offer. I'm like, oh, man, my man going to Kentucky. I was like, he deserved it. Like he was giving he been giving everybody the blues all summer. So, like, I get it. He, he's he get a Kentucky offer. And then the next day he gets a Kansas offer. And I'm like, hey, wait, hold up. Hold up. So you mean to tell me the same kid that I saw in Wisconsin in the same week gets an offer from Kentucky and then he gets an offer from Kansas? Bill Self wasn't watching the live stream. Okay, Calipari might have been watching the live stream, but I'm pretty sure with the success of Tyler Hero, he's been paying attention or somebody on his staff has been paying attention to this kid because Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero was committed to Wisconsin. He goes crazy in the summer. He gets to uh, Kentucky. Same type of deal, like the same type of big guard, like six, six lefty can shoot the blood out of it like it's the same he might have he might have called him up like look i got another tyler hero for you and with the success that he had in the nba bubble man okay yeah i offer that kid he could play for me and then the next day he get an offer from kansas some i mean like so these coaches and this i put this on twitter and it's getting it's getting traction as we speak some of these coaches all they were doing is recruiting the same players it's players everywhere everywhere East, West, Midwest, South, Detroit, Flint, Chicago, Indy. There's players everywhere. How these, this same player got all of these offers because these coaches recruit the same players. It's players everywhere, man. It really is. And I just get tired of seeing that. You see, you get these, these coaches and, oh, because we play in the same league, he offered, then I should offer. Max Burton, here's, and here's what I got to say. Max Burton is the hottest recruit in the state of Michigan. Hottest recruit, and I was going to save this for my Recruit the Mitten podcast, but I got to talk about it now because I'm warmed up, baby. I told you, I got time today. Listen, Max Burton, the hottest recruit in the state of Michigan, 6'9 shooter. Before the summer started, he had zero offers. Nobody knew about Max Burton. I saw him and was like, oh, you the kid I've been tweeting about. That's why I told him. I had to coach him this summer because the head coach had reached for the 16U. Father had passed, unfortunately. Rest in peace. We had to coach the games. So I'm looking at this kid. And I'm like, oh, you're the kid I've been tweeting about. He like, ha, coach, you funny. I'm like, no, show me something. And I want to say second play of the game, grabs it off the glass, three dribble full court, pulls up for three. And I'm looking to myself, high guy, first of all, high he's 6'9", can put it on the floor a little bit, and he shoot the blood. How can like this ain't got no offers? How he ain't got an offer from everybody in the Gleak? I'm not the only coach that did some homework. Either these coaches, they just sitting around the pandemic playing with their kids, twiddling their thumbs, or like, what are they doing? So now all of a sudden, Max Burton, now he got three offers. But you know how that happens? Oakland gets the offer. I'm not going to tell you the story of how he got the Oakland offer. Had some people that had some, some, made some calls, did some things. So he gets an Oakland offer. Then all of a sudden, he gets a Central offer. Then all of a sudden, he gets a Western offer. Same kid. So you mean to tell me these three schools in the state of Michigan offer one kid? 
just because another school would offer him. Now, is he, is he good enough to play at all three? Yes, he has. Should he have been had these offers? Yes. I'm offering a kid on the spot. 6'9", and you can shoot it? Come on, man. What, what else a kid in Michigan got to do? Like, it's a 6'10 in Detroit. Javante Randall, I think his name. He's 6'10", he's athletic. He don't have no offers. Like, how? How is that possible? You mean to tell me you had... Um, Florida A&M, you wouldn't take that kid. They already wear orange and green. You mean to tell me you wouldn't take him right now, 6'10 athletic, to play in that league? Man, I tell you like this, and I'm going to table this some, some of this for my new podcast, for my Recruit the Mitten podcast. Some of you coaches need to get off your ass and start working, period. And stop waiting for other schools and other conferences to offer somebody when you know damn well you should offer the kid and he can play on your team right now. Offer the kid. What y'all waiting on? What you holding offers for? Offer the kid. Recruit the mitten. They mitten made. They can play. So a kid like Max Burton, he only got three offers. He should have at least 10. If it's 10 schools in Michigan, he should have 10 offers. He's that good. But you got all these schools that recruit the same players. Max Burton ain't the only player in Michigan that can play. It's plenty of kids in Michigan that can play. It's plenty of kids in the Midwest that can play. I saw a kid from Chicago, forget which high school he goes to, about like 6'2", 6'3". No, and I'm sorry, he's 6'3", 6'4". He dunking everything, putting it between the legs, hitting threes, being a bully. And I'm looking like, why doesn't this kid have a bunch of offers? Like, why isn't he committed somewhere? I'm supposed to go to his Twitter page and see, oh, oh, you going to DePaul? Okay, all right. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm not supposed to go to his Twitter and try to find out, oh, blessed to receive. That was a year ago. Like, what are these coaches doing? What are they doing? I wish, don't let me get another job because it's going to be some players that's getting offers and they're going to get signed too. And I had a coach tell me this. All right, so say we offer him. What if he commits? Well, silly, you want him to commit. Isn't that the whole point of offering a kid? You want them to commit? But some of these schools, they just offer a bunch of kids just to be offering. So, you know, that's just my take on that. There's no reason for guys, to, for college-level players to be on the same team. You got one guy that got 15 offers, and you got another guy who's 6'9 that can play as zero. So, you know, you know what it is, man. These coaches need to start working, man. Give me a call. Recruit. The mitten. Hit me up. Let me know if you need players, you need lists, you need coach's number. I got it all. But we're going to save some of that for my next podcast. And just while we're talking about that, I want to give you guys an update, a coach cam update as we kind of bring this season finale episode to a close. I just want to let you guys know that I am back in the high school coaching game. I will be coaching basketball this year, but I'm not going to tell you where. You're just going to have to pay attention. All right, I'm not a head coach. I'm an assistant. I'm helping out somebody. And it's going to be some, it's some work that's being done behind the scenes. And we're going to win some games. We're going to surprise some people. And maybe next season, season three, I'll let you know where I'm at. But I am back coaching high school basketball. I'm excited about that. I've been doing some Zoom meetings. been doing some workouts outside. And I'm just itching and, and ready to get back in the gym, man. Ready to get back in the gym to help some kids get ready. Because I got a 6'5 coaches. I got a 6'5 kid that dunks everything yes he does he's a gleac special if you coach in a gleac and you don't come in our gym this year i tried to tell you i tried to tell you so don't don't come try to text text and calling me in january asking me how you can get on this kid because it's not gonna be able to happen if you didn't already hit us up so uh this platform that i've created it kind of spiraled out of control a little bit so people are really picking up on this recruit the mitten and 
at first it started off as just a segment, as just a bit on the podcast. It's turned into a whole movement now. I got like a thousand followers on Twitter. I just started that like a month ago. And it's, it's a movement now because some of these kids need exposure, particularly on the girls' side. So I'm doing boys' and girls' basketball. The website is mittenrecruit.com. So make sure you go to mittenrecruit.com. Uh, not right now. Give it about a week. Give it about a week. Uh, I just I just uh, solidified the domain. I've been working on the website. I ain't ready to push go yet. So don't go yet. Give it about seven days before you push the button. But you can follow us on Twitter, uh, at mittenrecruits. Uh, because that it is what it is, man. These kids need some exposure. I'm doing boys and girls. I'm going to be doing showcases in the spring for girls. I'm going to start with girls with the showcases. I might do a boys showcase. I don't know. But it's not going to be a service like Prep Hoops. It's not going to be like Steve Bell and Bank Hoops where you click on an article and now you got to pay a $9.99 uh, membership fee to read an article. Like, no. Like, that's not how I'm getting down. You know what I'm saying? I can get my money at my regular job. Like, I ain't, this is not uh, for money. I'm not trying to get paid off this. I'm trying to help kids get some exposure so a guy like Javante Randall that's 6'10", that plays at Frederick Douglass, that's a qualifier get some offers. Come on, man. Do your jobs, coaches. Come on. But he ain't the only one. There's a lot of people like that that I bump into. There's a lot of coaches that say, Coach Cam, I, I got this kid here. He's 6'4", shoots it really well. He has a 4.3 GPA. And I'm like, What? So you mean to tell me, kid, I just saw him make seven threes in a game, has a 4.0, a 4.3 GPA, and he don't have no offers, and he don't have no coaches calling. Like, no, nah, coach, he don't. All right, I got you. It's guys like that that I'm going to help out, and I'm not about to charge you a $9.99 fee to do so. I'm just going to make some phone calls. I'm going to do some tweeting and some retweeting and some podcasting, and some kids are going to get some scholarship offers just off of that. In my, in my coaching um, career, I've helped more kids that don't play for me than the kids that do. So this podcast, the Recruit the Men podcast and platform that I've created is another avenue to help me do that because I want to help kids get recruited. I want to help them get offers because it's plenty of them that don't get seen. And it's particularly with the COVID and the situation that happened in the spring and summer, these coaches didn't get the opportunity to go out. So I know I get on the coaches, but they didn't get the opportunity to go out. The budget might have got cut. Maybe they didn't handle they couldn't go nowhere. So I'm going to help these people out. I'm going to do what I do best is I'm going to give some pub. I'm going to do some retweeting, um, doing some interviews, some pop ups and the Recruit the Bid podcast is going to be short. It's going to be different than this one. This one is long episodes, 60 minutes, 65. The Recruit the Men is going to be shorter episodes. It's going to be interviews. It's going to be a pop-up. You know, it might be five minutes. It might be 10 minutes. You know, it uh, might be 15. I don't know. But it's not going to be our episodes. We're just going to do deep dives on recruiting because, you know, some of these coaches, need, they need the quick stuff. They need a quick. Everything is does to microwave society. People need a quick. And the Recruit the Men platform, if you have not followed us on Twitter, Please do so. Mittenrecruit.com. Check us out. Uh, been, been working on it for the past two weeks, man. I'm really proud of uh, the stuff that I... And people don't understand. When I do stuff like this, like like the Hooper Clips and the, uh, the, my Shot Making Academy and... Uh, we shoot the rocket, all this other stuff that I do. I got my hands in a lot of different places, even this podcast. I don't have a staff. I don't have a secretary. I don't have a social media person. I don't have a logo design guy. I don't have a flyer guy or a website guy. I don't have a highlight guy. I do it all. I record the podcast. I mix the podcast. I remix the podcast. I chop it up. I do all of that. I make the logos. 
I make the flyers. I make the posts. I do all the tweets. I make the website. I do it all. So if you need help in any one of those areas, Coach Cam got you. But just know I don't have a staff. If I ever get a staff one day that can do some of these things that I do and you see Coach Cam on ESPN or you see me blow up somewhere because it's probably going to happen. And you be like, man, I remember when Coach Cam used to record his own podcast in, in his desk at downtown the Detroit Public Safety Academy recording his podcast on his phone. Now you got a studio. Like, that's crazy. Stuff like that is going to happen. You know, I talk about building a gym. I'm going to build a gym too, right? I'm going to have my own gym at some point. Five, six years from now, I'm going to have my own gym. And I'm going to be able to do all this kind of stuff there. Do social media training, you know, podcast training, coaching training. But do all that kind of stuff, man. I just got, I got a lot of ideas, man. I got a lot of plans. And I appreciate you guys for being on this journey with me uh, because it's, it's really kept me involved in the game, even though I, you know, I had no team to coach for almost two years. Almost, I went almost two seasons and I didn't coach a game. And it's, it's part. This podcast has helped me stay relevant. It's helped me stay vibrant. It's given me some energy to talk about basketball because it's your coach that knows hoops the most. And I'm a holler at y'all, man. Just remember, you got the Recruit the Mitten podcast coming. MittenRecruits.com. Check that out. MittenRecruit.com. Check that out. But it's your coach signing off, man. And I'm a holler at you. Peace. That dude, too cool, so smooth with the hoop news. Every week we talking hoops, this is season two. So buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do. Cause we talking hoops, yeah.